Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Wednesday, May 3rd. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. Conservative MP Michael Chong wants answers after suggestions the government knew he was the subject of Chinese intimidation. When was the public safety minister or his office first made aware that a PRC diplomat, Mr. Wei Zhou, was targeting me or my family. Former head of the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation answers questions about donations linked to the Chinese government. If CSIS had any concerns about the donors, at no time did anyone from the service speak to me about this. And I don't think anybody else in the foundation either. And the prime minister's brother will appear as a witness tomorrow to answer questions about the foundation. Joining us is Michael Serapio, host of CPAC's Primetime Politics. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Julie. So yesterday, uh, very dramatic in the House of Commons when Michael Chong, uh, the Conservative MP, stood up and said uh, to the government, look, you know, I was targeted. My family was being intimidated. Uh, Why didn't I know? And when did you know? I mean, these allegations came up the day before, but now Michael Chong uh, stood. He was front and center saying, you know, what gives? And and what did we find out? Well, we we found out uh, very little at this point because I, I think the big question is is when, and that is what we kept hearing from conservative MPs, uh, from Melissa Lansman, from uh, Pierre Boliev. Uh, he kept asking the government, "When did you know? When did you know? When did you know?" And you know, I think it's worthwhile to go back a little bit here because the the allegations were 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 published, or at least this report was published by the Global Mail on Monday, and and that is. Basically, when we first heard that uh, this this Chinese diplomat uh, was essentially working with uh, the security ministry in the People's Republic to investigate uh, Mr. Chong's family in Hong Kong. And, and this has to do with uh, the, the the bill, uh, which or the motion rather that uh, Mr. Chong uh, co-sponsored in the House, basically uh, calling China on its human rights uh, abuses with the Uyghur population and, and other uh, ethnic and religious minorities within the People's Republic. And so not only do, do we now talk about Chinese intervention, but also Chinese intimidation when it comes to a member of parliament, which of course has has a huge impact. But it was then Michael Chong who went to Twitter and basically said the government knew. And, and I think that's that's the big question. Did the government know? And the question as to when really affects uh, our our idea or our knowledge of when they moved into action or whether they ignored such a serious allegation, in particular when it comes to a member of parliament, because this is the type of thing that doesn't happen in a well-functioning, developed democracy. The, this type of intimidation tactic is something that you see in countries far less stable than Canada. So, so uh, they kept asking when, 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 and really through the whole question period, we did not get the answer. And that really is a, a critical point of all of this. Well, and it was uncomfortable to watch because they were asked probably 10 times. I didn't count them up. Um, the prime minister, the public safety minister, uh, you know, and at one point, Melissa Lantzman and a couple of other conservative MPs calling the answers gutless. Uh, and, and when you're kind of watching the exchange, you're thinking, why don't you just tell them when you found out? If you if it like if you're not telling them the prime minister and Mendicino, what are we supposed to think? Like, why aren't you telling them? And Mendicino would give these 
uh, kind of vague answers about, uh, you know, it's public servants that look into this and so on. Uh, so it really left everybody thinking, what is going on here? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it doesn't help the government that they have come under scrutiny with their handling of China's uh, interference into Canadian democracy and the political process for, for months now, right? This this is something that emerged uh, during essentially the Christmas break for Parliament, that the, the reporting of this started really coming out. And there were earlier reports, but they really started uh, coming one after the other uh, in, in uh, late December, early January. And here you have the government really stumbling to find an answer to to explain it and, and rather than call the public inquiry which people have been calling for whether they be opposition mps or former uh national security advisors rather than actually having the public inquiry we now have this process with david johnston which pushes you know the goalposts down down the field if you will and i that's what makes the the government so vulnerable on this one. It's not this issue alone. This is an issue on top of other issues that have been percolating for weeks, and that really is what makes them vulnerable. That they can't, they are not answering this question once again with other questions not answered regarding foreign interference in the Canadian election process. Right, right. And so the Globe this morning, uh, that's been doing the lead on on most, like all of this really with uh, Bob Fife and uh, Stephen Chase said, you know, Michael Chong had a meeting yesterday uh, with uh, the head of CSIS, David Vigneault, and he was told, yes, you were targeted. Uh, the prime minister apparently was at the meeting for a few minutes and the head of security, Jody Thomas, uh, said that the government is is investigating why he was not alerted about this. Well, it just leaves you wondering, like this all started a couple of years ago that his family was being targeted in Hong Kong. Yeah. Like it's a member of parliament. It's a member of parliament. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it is one of these uh, great hallmarks of Canada, of Canadian democracy, at least that we. We, you know, in the media, in public discourse, we never really focus on the family whatsoever. We talk about policies, we talk about the politician, but not the family. And then you take this one step further. It's not only involving the family, but it it really involves their security. It involves their security of person. And so not only what does that do to a member of parliament like Michael Chong, what does it do for anyone who wants to be involved in the political process. Uh, what are we to have? Uh, just people who are gutless, who are unwilling to call out human rights abuses uh, in the world, in this country, uh, for fear that someone in their family, someone they love is going to get hurt. I, this this has real serious implications. And um, to the question of when the government knew, you know this. This uh, how they handle this. Uh, what whatever the details of the truth is, that that is a potential minefield for the Trudeau government. Oh, no, absolutely. And um, you know, just the fact that um, uh, you know Pierre Polyev made a very good point yesterday in question period. The point you're making as parliamentarians, if we can't speak about injustices or freely about what we believe is going on. How can we do our jobs? And, and that is precisely your point. How can anybody do their jobs as parliamentarians mm -hmm. if they are living under threat by a dictatorship that's going to go after them or their relatives abroad or their relatives you know, back home? Um, like absolutely unbelievable. And uh, Michael Chong stood in the Commons after question period 
and basically asked the speaker to find China in contempt of parliament. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that's going to carry a lot of weight. But the point is, everybody behind him from every party is on his side because it affects all of them. Yeah, absolutely. It absolutely affects all of them. And, you know, to, to your point about you know, intimidating members of parliament as if this was a dictatorship, we are mm -hmm. not. We are democracy. And we are at this point in, in making arguments of supporting Ukraine to stand up for democracy. So so where are our institutions domestically that are that are proving that that is what's happening here? So there's going to be a lot of pressure to just wrap this part up mm -hmm. on the Trudeau government, on Trudeau, mm -hmm. to kick out the diplomat uh, who was working out of the Toronto consulate. I believe it was the Toronto consulate yes, yes, yes. Uh, to facilitate this intimidation. And, you know, uh, he's going to have to explain why he's not being kicked out. He's been asked for two days. Is this uh, diplomat going to be kicked out? So. You know, we'll you know we'll have to be watching for that. Uh, sure, you may be concerned about repercussions, but on the other hand, <laughs> what does this say if you leave them there? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's you know at at this point, the the the, the Asia Pacific strategy acknowledges that China is a disruptive force. So this exactly as a shock or surprise to anybody that a diplomat is is tossed out if they are involved in, in intimidating a member of parliament. So that's going to be something to watch for sure. Now, yesterday, also on the Chinese interference dossier, which is pretty big, let's face it, Morris Rosenberg, the former head of the Trudeau Foundation, was at the Ethics Committee answering questions. What did we learn there? Well, you know, it it, <laughs> it timing is everything, right? Because on, on the one hand, Morris Rosenberg is, is trying to remind the committee yesterday, at the time they accepted the China donation, it, how Canada officially felt about China is very different than the way that Canada feels about China now. And so so I, I that I think is part of the point he was making. There was also an interesting point in defending it that he uh, would that he admitted to something that uh, NDP MP uh, Matthew Green described as a bit of naivete in believing that by accepting that donation, they might have influenced Chinese officials by showing them what a functioning democracy can do, what a free flow of thought could do at the university level, because, of course, the money would have gone towards uh, funding scholarships, as the, the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation does. And so it was it was for Rosenberg a bit of an exercise in 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 soft power that by accepting the money the Trudeau Foundation might do some good in inspiring free thought and I guess democratic principles in the People's Republic of China, which is uh, so 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 different than how it's being interpreted now. But yes, uh, that was a bit of his defense, and he really did get a rough ride as he was uh, trying to to explain that donation. Uh, such rough ride that uh, liberal members of that committee uh, were trying to remind the chair about decorum and asking him to remind members of decorum. Yeah, I mean, he was answering in a very polite way as they were pummeling him, calling him incompetent and willfully blind. Uh, I don't know if I would have been so patient, but uh, you're right. He brought out some good points that here we are in 2023, but a few years ago when all these donations were happening, you know, the idea, certainly their idea in academia and, you know, governments, uh, the Trudeau government was trying to cook up a, a trade deal with China, uh, yeah. right, back then was, you know, the more you hang out with them, 
the more our democracy will rub off on them. But as he said, no, I, I, obviously I was totally naive. And, and, and it, it seems the Trudeau government is also, you know, in a, in a position to say like, yeah, we were naive too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and I, 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 it's interesting the historical context behind it but of course at this point uh it it does raise questions uh, about the trudeau foundation uh for the opposition and you know i i don't know if anyone expected that 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 there would be a lot of light shed by a morris rosenberg uh because these committees are not always the most organized form for for that type of revelation but certainly uh the arguments that that he made adds a different perspective uh given how our relationship has changed so dramatically. And again, a reminder, we did not even have a new Asia Pacific policy until uh, late last fall. So, so, you know, it is, um, I guess, a recent admission from government that China is not the ally or the Canada thought it might have been back, you know, even as recently as two years ago. Exactly. And so, um, you know, he did say, look, we saw no red flags in this donation. Uh, when Michael Cooper said, look, I mean, if you had Googled the guy, uh, the businessman from China and his organizations, you know, you would see he had close ties to uh, to to Beijing and to the Chinese government. But Rosenberg said, well, everybody did like, you know, everybody you were dealing with did. And uh, so it, it was a different time. So I'm not sure how all that went over. But uh, later today, we're going to hear from the prime minister's uh, brother who accepted that donation from the Chinese businessman, Alexander Trudeau. What What, what do you think that will be like? Yeah, uh, I I don't know what advantage uh, Alexander Trudeau believes that he will gain by speaking to the ethics committee. And and a reminder again that it was he that said he would want to speak to the committee. And this was through an interview that he he had with the Duval. He 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 said he'd be interested in speaking to the committee to to essentially explain and defend the work of the Trudeau Foundation. Now I don't know if this is the venue in which that will be accomplished. When you look at um, you know, the, the tough uh, the tough questions that were asked of Morris Rosenberg yesterday. Imagine the type of questions that will be asked of the brother of the prime minister. And so um, I don't know what he is thinking in terms of how that might be advantageous towards him. I certainly uh, would love to be a fly in the wall in the PMO because they must be concerned about the impact that his testimony is going to have as well. Bearing in mind that the prime minister has has worked very hard to keep his family uh outside of testimony, speaking publicly about these things or testifying certainly before a, a commons committee. So uh, certainly that's something we're going to be watching very, very closely. Uh, how he will uh, add to to the narrative, our understanding is, is will be interesting, bearing in mind that he was, uh, according to reports, the individual who was with the Trudeau Foundation who helped facilitate this, uh, what initially was a $200,000 donation to something more of 100 and uh, I believe 120000 by the end it of the day. It is about 140 or so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we don't know much about him in terms of his public persona. He's a filmmaker and so on. Yeah. But we, we don't we, know, we, you know, if he's probably earlier on, like we probably knew him about two decades ago when he started his his career as a mm -hmm. filmmaker, because he was he was more in the media. At one point, he was more in the media than was uh, Justin Trudeau. Right. And, and Justin Trudeau only really uh, emerged when he started uh, to to consider running for politics and running for the riding uh, of Papineau in Montreal. So it it will be. Um, yeah, it's been some time since we heard from Sasha Trudeau and certainly not on such such a politically sensitive matter. Well, it'll be interesting. We don't know if he's kind of a Pollyanna walking into the shark tank, but 
as Jacques Cousteau used to say, stay in the cage, stay in the cage. (laughs) (laughs) So, so we'll see how he handles uh, the shark tank and if he gets out of the cage or not, we'll see. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, Michael, have a great day and we'll, we'll be watching that later for sure. And uh, so we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. That's Michael Serapio, host of CPAC's Primetime Politics. When was the public safety minister or his office first made aware that a PRC diplomat, Mr. Wei Zhou, was targeting me or my family? Now, let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. In an editorial, the Globe and Mail argues the alarm on China's interference is ringing louder. The Globe writes, the evidence of China's interference in Canada's democracy was already alarming. Now it's doubly so, with fresh revelations that Beijing not only meddled with successive federal elections, but also attempted to intimidate a sitting MP. This is a concrete and chilling example of China's efforts to influence people in Canada, legislators included, through the use of intimidation. Equally appalling is the fact that the government appears to have done nothing with information from its intelligence service that Beijing was plotting to intimidate a sitting MP. In the Toronto Star, Graham Thompson argues the Alberta election could send Canada down a bumpy road. He writes, Alberta is embarking on an election campaign unlike any in the province's history, one that promises to be more intense, more unpleasant and more sharply contested than anything before. You should be paying attention even if you don't live in Alberta. Not only are there two political parties with a good chance of winning, the race could end up being so close that a few thousand votes in Calgary might make all the difference. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will attend the caucus meeting before speaking with the President of Kenya. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will also attend the caucus meeting. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will attend the NDP caucus and will speak with reporters before taking part in question period. In Ottawa, Mental Health Minister Carolyn Bennett will join Flora's Walk for perinatal mental health and will make announcements in support of maternal mental health. And the Senate Committee on National Finance will hear from the Treasury Board President Mona Fortier. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, May 3rd. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day. <laughs>